story. Uh, we get we get that we call an Uber. I, I try to schedule an Uber the night before. We're staying like 40 minutes from TBC Scottsdale. We're on like the other side of Phoenix. Um, schedule an Uber. I wake up at 4:20 a.m. to no Uber accepting my request yet. But then at like by 4:30, somebody, some dude had accepted the Uber. Shout out to that guy. I think his name was Kevin or something. But uh, me and Mark is getting Uber at like 4:45. We're out the door. We're to the course by 5:30. Our Uber driver didn't know what the waste management was. I was like, bro. This is potentially the most lucrative weekend for an, for an Uber driver in the entire United States. Like, how do you not know about <laughs> fucking waste management? Um, so we get there. We rip some shooters in the parking lot. People are buzzing. Like, the people next to us were, like, borderline blacked out drunk at 5.30 a.m. It was it was unbelievable. And That's crazy. They At, like, 7 o'clock, we're, like, people are itching. They're, like, let us in. Let us in. They don't they don't open the doors until like seven fifteen, and then once they open it, it's just like chaos. Like like they just people are like shoving like everyone's shoving from behind. So like I'm getting pushed from my back, and I'm like I got my hand on Marcus's like collar, and I'm like falling into him. People are like falling over, and then it's just a mad sprint, like a like a little less than a mile. Um, and Marcus and I are hoofing it. We're passing people. We're feeling great. Like we're like oh dude, we're about to get such good seats. We're like passing all these people like making great time and then we get to like a, a split in the in the in the cart path and then left you can i could see the line to get in left but i couldn't see the le- the line right and the line was fat on the left so we're like go right go right go right so then we, we book it to the right we get in line in a good spot and then hundreds of people proceed to just cut us cut us in line completely like screw us like they're running through the grass through the mud people are eating shit but they're like all of them are cutting us so then we're, we tried to like get a better spot but we were landlocked by that time um no gates no like there was no workers like ready for this chaos um which, <laughs> which is surprising because this happens every day every, this happens every week. single day yeah every year so we get for a week straight so we fucking get in line and we don't get into the waste management until call it like 11 30 so we're there from like it's like 7 30 and for four hours we're just waiting in line and eventually at nine they start serving beer so dudes with their fucking uh, you know, carry backpack beer coolers come over to us and they're serving us it's beer. Cool beer huh? Yeah. So we're, we're still having a good time. The people around us are just hilarious, just great people. Everyone with the singular mindset of like, let's get fucking hammered. Um, but then after four hours of, or like three hours of drinking beer, you like need to piss, but you're stuck in line. So we found this like nook in line. Like we're right underneath the get- grandstands. We're hearing like, we're hearing people go through, we're hearing chants. We're like, fuck, we want to get in there. So we're taking this, we're taking our piss in line and we see like a rip in like the netting of the grandstand. And we see like two people run, run in there. We don't see them for like a minute. And then they, we see them then walk out by the porta potties in the stadium, like walking up to get seats. And we're like, all right, well, fuck it. We got to try it. So, uh, we, we walk across we, 16 green. They're like, how do we get here? So we climb through this netting. We're in the scaffolding in the grandstands. We're fucking climbing over scaffolding, climbing under. And then there's another rip right by the porta potties. So we, we come out by the porta potties, go wash our hands like we just took a piss, go right into the beer line, get two beers, go grab a seat. Um, and then from then on, it was just mad chaos and, and a lot of fun. Um, trying to think of some other good stories while we're waiting in line there's this like 55 60 year old guy who's in already and he is he is on a pace of drinking beer that was just like unprecedented like we he would come over get two beers 
and he would and the line was like looking at where you walk to your seats so he'd like walk up the stairs have two beers in his hand and he would just look over everyone and he'd just take a deep breath and go <sighs> and then he would just start and then he would just start chirping all the people in line and he was like what a shot did you guys see that you, what a golf shot what a golf shot and he like started chugging his beer and then he was like and then he'd go should have got here earlier, guys. Should have should have ran faster. <laughs> Everyone, there's like there's like there's like 300 people in line. Just fuck you, fuck you. And they start throwing their empty beer cans at this guy. <laughs> and it's just, just chaos. Awesome. Then we get in the 16th hole. We start drinking. We're having a good time. Uh, watch like Ricky come through. Watch uh, Spieth come through. Shane Lowry. You know, we got to see like six or seven groups come through before Shane Lowry um, the, was Shane Lowry cursing it up when he's walking up to the green. No, Shane Lowry was hilarious though. Shane Lowry. So he made par. If you don't make birdie, if you don't make birdie, people are just booing the fuck mm -hmm. out of you. And then after they walk off the green, they're like, throw us your ball, throw us your ball. And he would, he would walked up and he would throw it up and then catch his ball and then throw it up and then catch his ball. Like he was like baking everyone out. And then just every, like in unison, 3000 people are like, Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. He just <laughs> off. And he's loving it. He's just like, give it to me, give it to me. Um, the last story. Irish, um, those Irish are built different. They're built different. They're Shane Lowry is built for those types of venues. But uh the last thing I'll so they're switching the holes, right? So the all the groups have gone through for the second round because the second round hadn't finished yet by the time you know Saturday midday what happened. So um they're switching the holes. They're playing music. It's kind of like now it turns into just like a straight up frat party. <laughs> um, <laughs> and some dude like turns around to the crowd sitting like near the front and like holds up his shoe. And everyone starts going, shoey, shoey, shoey. Fucking dumps his beer into his shoe, chugs it, throws it. And then everyone goes crazy. And then he throws his shoe after he finishes chugging his beer. Some dude catches it, pours his beer in, chugs it, throws it again. Some dude catches it, pours his beer. I mean, this went for like 20 to 30 people. And then eventually his shoe somehow finds his way back to him. Then he takes off both shoes. He holds both shoes up, pours a half a beer in each shoe and chugs the beer out of both <laughs> shoes. This utter, dude definitely got COVID. From utter that chaos. I mean, oh. it was it was like wet and muddy and just brutal there. So like the amount of people that just ate shit, like I probably saw 25 people just just slipping on top, each of, shit. on top of people just not being able to stand up yeah, yeah right. so many, <laughs> there's so many videos of people just like walking through the mud just like yeah. falling like step step fall step step fall yeah I, Dude, the I've mud never plus seen... beer combo is amazing oh, it's, it's crazy i've never Bunch seen so many people mud slides and oh man oh, i've never seen so many people i've never seen so many drunk people i've never seen so much chaos like like unmanaged drunk people it was it was I went once. I don't know if I ever need to go again. If I was a player, like it's cool and it's unique as a fan. It's one of the coolest things the PGA Tour does. But like when you're just getting heckled and like people are loud and obnoxious for four straight days, um, I don't know, dude. I don't know how like you would want like that. Like you circle that event. And you're like, I can't wait to go back to there. So it's fun. Something... It's fun on like 16, right? Yeah. Like you expect it on 16, but when you yeah. have 500,000 people, and so yeah. it's every hole is like that. It it can be too much. Like I like Billy Horschel cracked. Yeah, that. Billy Horschel, like, Zach Johnson cracked. Um, oh, that's funny. You know what? Fuck Zach Johnson. I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm gonna say that was funny. Um, he let, the golf he course let, is beautiful though. He let USA down. He let USA down in the. That's, he was just getting chirped about that. He, he was just chirped about that. Dude, the chirps for that must have been bad. Don't sir me. Oh, don't sir me. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> 
ruthless out there. I will say, like, the golf course is beautiful. Uh, we got after they shut down beer sales, we were like, all right, well, we don't need to be on 16 anymore. Let's like, let's go walk around and explore the course. So, um, course is fantastic. Um, that that'll keep bringing players back. The fact that the course is so good, the greens are so good. The course um, is sick. Yeah. I want to go love that, 17. I love that. Uh, I love that little like trio around the water right there. Yeah. 18. 14, 15, 16, 15, 16, 17. And even 17, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think 15, 16, 17 is a, like one is an elite stretch of golf holes. Like it's so elite, good. elite, so good. so good. And 18 is an intimidating hole, but like everyone's so long. Like, it's like it's like 315 yeah. to cover the water, and everyone's covering the water. Like <laughs> so, I, um, but yeah, definitely a memorable, memorable experience. So. I mean, that's a, good, for, that's a good segue into our topic today, anyway. Yeah, we yeah. got to keep tipping out, out out and about, doing some on-course exactly. reporting. <laughs> First-person stories. Well, without further ado, let's let's talk what we came here to talk about, which is William Watson, the musician, which is what I kept getting <laughs> every time I searched William Watson yes. on, on in Google. But no, we're going to talk about William Watson, the golf architect. One of the most underrated golf architects, if I do say so myself. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're from Cali, you've definitely probably played a Willie Watson course. That dude is yeah, that dude has his roots dug deep into Cali, but also Very sprinkled prominent. in also has just immaculate courses sprinkled in throughout the country. Yeah. Um not, not quite as prolific as Donald Ross. He he's only credited with about a hundred or so courses. Yep. Um but anyway, so I think golf course architecture during this time in the early 1900s was so good because everybody came from Scotland. Yeah. I, like, where, I think, do you, <laughs> where do you think Willie Watson, like, let, let, let me yeah, just right. ask the crowd, where do you think Willie Watson grew up playing? <laughs> take a wild guess. Take a, yeah, wild, take a wild, wild guess. guess. Fucking St. Andrews. Yep. <laughs> of course. Not even St. Andrews. Played at St. Andrews. His dad played at St. Andrews all the time. Um, and then some business magnate from the from America came over and was like, hey, you're pretty good. You're cool. Come design our courses. And he did and became a legend. And um, then but yeah. the rest is the rest is the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> to be so, to be in to be in St. Andrews in the late 18 in the late like 1880s, 1890s, to just like grow up there. I mean, that's like that. <laughs> that's like prime you look back on that as just like the absolute best time to be alive in in golf was like that time donald ross willie watson probably go that's on like more modern um, day being at the waste management phoenix open <laughs> <laughs> just about equivalent but yeah so in, in in 1898 he crossed the pond over to america upon the request of uh some business businessmen from minneapolis and he helped establish Minikata. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Um, I think that's right. But yeah, so he helped establish Minikata. And then a year later, early 1900s, moved to California, specifically Los Angeles, and just started pumping out golf courses. Yep. Um, started like his, an equipment brand too. Like he was like yep. dabbling in golf clubs and, and other equipment stuff too. Uh and, and while also designing courses, he was a he had multiple revenue streams. He was a good businessman. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. he learned from the best. Um, <laughs> but in 1906, I would consider this. So Minikata, like he he's credited with the course, but uh, like with doing research, it's it's not really like like this is his first golf course. They really just say he helped establish the club, which yep. I assume means he really designed the course. So we could say it's his first course, but I think what his claim to fame was in 1906 when he was hired by uh, Annandale Golf Club, and he, he helped laid out the course. And I think a really cool little fact or little nugget of information was that the course started with coconut fiber uh, mats for keys and oiled <laughs> sand greens. Wow. Which is funny because on my Instagram feed, DP World Tour, you know, they've been in, I believe it's Dubai or whatever, but they've been all, they they keep uh, sending out these, uh, these yep. videos of them playing the sand greens in, over in the Middle East, which is, uh, you know, it used to be uh, pretty popular back then. You know, you don't see as much today now. It's a little gimmick, but yeah. Pretty cool. I One thing I want to shout out, which I think is kind of cool too, is um, I don't know exactly when this happened, but. Watson uh, put a newspaper advertisement out for him laying out uh, of golf courses and everything, which I just think is really cool. Because imagine probably around like 1900 time, like opening newspaper and seeing an ad for a golf course architect. Like that's not something you would ever see today. So I think that's kind of cool, you know, and he like lists his top courses. It's like, it's actually really sweet. This is re- he put his resume in the, in the newspaper. Yeah. He, he, he did, dude. It's like, it's actually really cool. I don't know. I just yeah. hate ads nowadays. That that made me feel good that there was some love for like golf architecture back in the day, back in that day. There was, like, there was a golf boom back then, mm-hmm. and it was in the uh, Los Angeles Times yeah. too, which is kind of sick. So, yeah. Um, so from really like cool. the early, yeah, from like the early 1900s to around 19, um, the late 1920s, uh, he he designed about 100 golf courses, um, but. But his designing career was sadly curtailed, was uh, kind of depressed by the Great Depression, um, and he later died in 1941. Yeah. Rest in peace, Willie Watson. Yeah, I think I think the reason, though, to kind of title together, the reason why we picked Willie Watson as as our guy that we wanted to um, talk about was we played Belvedere um, in the fall, uh, right around Labor Day. 66.67% of us did. <laughs> yeah yeah somebody yeah, had an octave of migraine nice going. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but pretty much like the how well like belvedere is in northern michigan in charlevoix to be exact well it just so happens willie watson for like 12 to 15 years would spend his summers from june to september in charlevoix michigan uh first at chicago the chicago club then charlevoix golf club and then there was like a resort called belvedere um with like tennis and you know beach fronts on like michigan and stuff but they didn't have and like a big hotel but they didn't have a golf course so uh here comes here rolls in willie watson kind of a local at this point you know uh the opposite of a snowbird in in northern michigan whatever you call that <laughs> yeah right. and uh i think he would be a snowbird because he was visiting in the summer right right exactly yeah. so uh yeah so he came in and designed belvedere uh we got the chance to play it just a cool uh it boasts like the only course in the U.S. that hasn't restored its original greens that were designed by Willie Watson, and they were some diabolical greens, uh, that's for sure. Some some crazy green complexes, um, and one of the best holes we think we've ever played. Uh, what was that, Mac fifteen or 16? sixteen? Yeah, sixteen. Uh, compl- uh, so uh, understated, like yeah, 
it's it is in a it's a, we'll get to it, but it's it is an amazing hole, and it you you wouldn't think of it, yeah, in terms of anything else. So when you when you when you play it originally, but yeah, um, I you know on top of that too. So being a snowbird, he was kind of like a local celebrity in that area and nationwide, really. Um, which is really funny to think because you everybody you know most golfers they know Donald Ross, they know like, um, Seth Rayner. They know these big names, but Pete Dye, yep, yeah, Pete Dye, um, Tom Doak, Tom Fazio. Shout out Evan Jenkins. I know he loves Tom Fazio. <laughs> loves the Foz. Um, not actually, but I find it really funny that at, um, during his designing career, that like big names like Ross and Bendelo and uh, uh, what was it some uh, something Bell. Um, Billy Bell or whatever, but yeah, 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 these big names they they were like like begging Watson to come design courses for him, like to come yeah. help design courses, which you, you wouldn't even know. Like you're like, nah, it's a Donald Ross course or something like that. But yeah, I found that I found that really interesting. I I did too. I saw that as well. Yeah, it just speaks to his like um, reputation at that time as a course designer speaks to his like resume of courses he had. And, and yeah, if you're getting, if Donald Ross is hitting your lineup saying, can you, what's your thoughts on this course? Like, help me out. That's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool, uh, you know, recognition. So. Yeah. Well, moving on to let's, let's talk about a few of his notable courses. We mentioned Annandale. Um, I had never heard of it to be honest. Uh, but upon further inspection, that course is quickly moving up the bucket list. Yeah. Um, like we mentioned as well, Belvedere in in Michigan, Interlochen in Minnesota, another mm. top. I, I think it's like a top fifty course in the in the U.S. Yep. At least um, the Olympic both courses at the Olympic Club, the Ocean and the Lake, which yep. are host to majors. At, at some points, uh, yep. the Minicata Club, which also is like Annandale, never heard of it, but amazing, looks awesome. Another, awesome. another major host, uh, shout out Colin Morikawa in 2016, <laughs> 2020, 2020, 2020 yep. PGA Championship. I still remember, uh, at I'll, I'll say TPC Harding Park, but it, it the, um, the, the 16th. Yeah, when he hit it to like ten feet to just lock Maybe down the championship. Yeah, that was so clutch. Very sick. That's I think that put Kong Morikawa on the map. Was that that singular shot? Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. He designed Olympia Fields Country Club, uh, course number two in Illinois. Um, I don't believe this one's ever hosted a major. I I could be wrong. They host like Olympia the BMW Fields. or they yeah, host PGA events. Mm-hmm. Um, and shout out shout out our boy Dangle. He did not design this golf course, but he did redesign and expand on Evanston Country Club. Thought I'd throw yeah. that throw that little nugget in there. Wow, nice. The boys. And there was one more you guys mentioned, but I can't remember what it was. It's called uh, Wanaka in Buffalo, New York. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Played it this summer, or I guess it was more the fall. Uh, awesome course on Lake Erie. Um, that was the four-ball qualifier one, right? Yeah, four-ball qualifier. We won't talk about how we played, but it was not the course's fault because that place was gorgeous and mint so tough too really tough, tough track yeah. up there 
just the Lake Erie wind, the Lake Erie wind mixed with some of the, just being a tough course was yeah. proved challenging. So. Yeah. Well, without further ado then. So far, since you've played the most Willie Watson courses in the group, what, what is like the biggest notable feature that stands out to you of his courses? I would put um, just like unique kind of abstract green complexes. I don't know if I'm thinking of like Belvedere, Evanston and, and then Wanaka as you know, my most, the courses I've played the most recently and courses I really do love, like they have like, it's not like, they're not cookie cutter greens. Like every green has different slopes. Every green just has like weird, tears and weird uh fall offs and runoffs um just you know i i don't really know how to describe it other than just like very interesting unique all of them seem different all of their green complexes and they're often very challenging too um yeah. that, that was that was my that's my first kind of takeaway like if you were like just kind of pull me off the street and ask me that so yeah there's like no like you would think like it's like plateaus but there's like sections of the greens but they're not plateaus it's really weird yeah and like they look bigger than they than they play if that makes sense like like you said like there's a lot of runoffs but you don't you don't realize on first inspection you don't see the spots that you can miss that like it, it it's a really like they look straightforward but you really they they really make you think if you're really trying to shoot a score and I, would I don't say know if he's he got also... a lot of subtle slopes. At least that's what right. I noticed at Wanaka. Is he's got these these really really subtle slopes. Like at the edge of a green, you might be just off the green, and still have a, a double breaker or something like that. You know, even within ten feet or fifteen feet of the hole. Um, yeah. Because after playing Wanaka, I mean, that's that was my main takeaway. I also, uh, at least at the three courses, and, and then when you bring up TBC Harding Park, he always has a good drivable par four hole. I feel like. Maybe that wasn't part of his design in the 1900s, but now that they've come, now that like we've gotten longer, and maybe it was, but they're always, he always throws in one short par four risk reward, like go for it, buckle up, hit a good shot, or, or you know, play, play it the right way and, and lay up. I, that's one, those are one of my favorite qualities in a, in like a, in a good course is a, is a good drivable par four. Yeah. Um, one other one other quality that I just wanted to shout out that I noticed in Annadale, at least a lot of the southern courses have just unreal bunker frequency. Have you guys noticed this? He has so many bunkers on these golf courses, and some of them are absolutely massive. Obviously, courses like Belvedere don't have as many because those northern courses are really hard to keep those bunkers clean, you know, safe, drain them all the time and everything. But um, at least in these like California, you know, clubs, Jesus, I mean, their bunkers everywhere you know 30 yards from the green 30 yards and in we'll have like four bunkers in a row on the edge of the green and then the other side will have two you know it's crazy stuff because that's not something you see a lot um at least where we are you know like Belvedere like I said doesn't have that many bunkers and they're they're typically kind of small um so like they that could be a debated quality of his is what I'm saying but at the same time um a lot of those southern courses just have these massive bunkers and usually they have really cool designs too, which make them kind of tricky as well. Uh, If you're near an edge or a lip, like good luck trying to get out of there. So, um, I mean, just looking at this flyover on Annadale is so cool. They show like all these like amoeba looking 
bunkers and everything. And it just looks so brutal to try to navigate. So um, yeah. just a really cool quality that I found. And I'm sure you notice this too with Annandale and it's really obvious with um, Belvedere is his mm-hmm. use of like the natural ridges. Like he, he took, he he's able to take this like normal topography and just take complete advantage of all these like hills and these side hills over he's going over ridges all these contours and slopes um and then on top of that like he's also able to like add to the the topography and make it feel natural as well so like it there may not be these like moguls to the right of the green but he adds them and they're like oh yeah that's probably always been there i think that's for sure to, to mix the artificial with the natural is an extreme skill to have and it's and he does it so well. Yeah. And yeah. In, in, in the, uh, in the like four or five or three or four Willie Watson courses I've played, I don't remember very many like flat, you know, like the pin is at where my feet are kind of shots. Like there's a lot of elevation changes. He, he does like take that. That's a, that's a, that's an awesome point that I hadn't thought about. Uh, definitely, definitely rings true in my experience. That's what I was about to say too, is after playing Wanaka, you get that real sense of, up and down you know the i mean the first tee shot is like down 45 yards or something like that yeah, 45 for feet sure. you know what i mean so yep um but he utilizes that really well because he has like three or four holes that skate by that same hill you know you're going yeah down it'll it, be like up it you'll, you'll go down you know? inside it across yeah. it yeah like cross it, it, it not, yeah it's not like down and up um he mm-hmm. does find interesting ways to 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 route with the with the slopes and the topography that the course gives them that's a great point mac yeah and one other thing i would note is also his use of like diagonals or like angles uh, to include it's partly part of like it's it's adding on to the slopes but you you really have to find the right spot to put the ball but it, but it's not obvious at first glance mm-hmm. yeah so a there's point. a lot of risk reward you know, you can you can take on a little bit more, or you can't. Like, I'm thinking of that par five at Belvedere. Um, yeah. Hole, like four or five. 15, I think. Oh it no, is. I guess we played the back first, so yeah. So yeah, like fifteen. Yeah. Um, where the dogleg right. Um, I was like, I'm, you know, I played it safe and I took it out left. It's this dogleg right. You know, it goes out 220 yards, and then it drops down with rough on the hill down to a second level. To the, uh, out to the green and i took it left and i had 250 yards in i played it safe but you could take driver over the you know you had to hit a huge like left to right shot yep but you know you could be in a really good spot um with wedge in your hand in the par five even yeah yeah for sure but i ended up hitting three wood like right. you know you could have wedge or three wood but it's how much risk you want to take on and where that leaves you so i think he he does he does that really really well I like those 90 degree holes too. They bring a lot of creativity into the game. You know, when it goes out straight, like 220, 250, and then just immediately turns to the right. There's a lot of courses that do that around here too. So, yeah, I didn't get to play it, but I'm just saying those are so cool. (laughs) Shout out, Big Mutt. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, uh, all right. Fultzy, what's your favorite hole of uh, Sir William Watson? Well, I think there's two categories here, which I'd like to highlight. Um, courses that I've played and courses that I haven't, just because I have played at least one. 
Willie Watson. Um, I could dig deep and try to find another, but I don't think I have. Either way, I think Wanaka, um, you know, probably Wanaka hole number four, which I think is that par four down and then up the hill. Um, let me make sure I'm right here. Hold on. Mm, I'm trying to think for you. <laughs> it's hard to remember. I'm, I know what hole I'm thinking of, but I can't remember if it's four exactly. Let me jump you. Let me jump you. Let me go to Wanaka hole. Um, I believe it's 15. It's a downhill par three. You're looking right at the lake, at, right at Lake Erie. So a lot of the wind is it's pretty like in your face because it's coming off the lake and it's it's kind of going right in your face. But it's about 30 yards down, like 20, 30 yards downhill to a narrow, narrow, narrow green that's probably 60 to 70 yards long. So, you know, if they put the pin up front, it could be and there's no wind. It could be a little wedge shot. They put if they put mm -hmm. the pin in the back and it's wind in your face, it could be there. You know, one of those holes that is so versatile. And then there's a creek that runs to the right of the hole, and there's a massive slope on the left that could help your ball or it could get stuck up there in the fescue. So just like I remember, like when we played it, pin was in the back uh, for the four ball, and there's just nowhere to miss. It's dead into the wind, dead downhill, and like the green is so skinny, just like. Oh my God! You got to nut up and hit a golf shot there. Um, mm -hmm. Just like just really, really, really scary, cool hole that like with the lake being right there and the lake wind just makes it like one of the trickiest, most like you're you're thinking about that hole when you step on the first tee. Um, <laughs> Absolutely, that is that is one skinny green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably that's like, like that's like what ten yards wide. At yeah, most. ten paces, ten paces wide, and literally seventy paces long. So, uh, and it plays like what one ninety, one ninety if it's in like yeah, it could play one ninety in the back, and it could play like one fifty in the front. But with the downhill, like you know, it, it's it, it's pretty crazy. The just the like variety of shots that you could hit into a singular hole, um, just with the wind and with the the depth of the green. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a long one too. So it could play, you know, you just you could set that hole up different. Morning, evening, day to day, year to yep. year. And yeah, plus, you said hole number, hole number four at Wanaka. I was thinking of hole number five. My bad. The two handicap par five. Um, I just I like the layout. Um, tough, tough decision though, because Wanaka is a great country club. Like I could even say that hole one gives it a run for its money, but I think hole five is cooler. I'm just a big par five fan too. And the other thing about that is it's very risk reward, which I like as well. Um, not very entertaining reasons to like a hole, but I do think though that this will be more entertaining, which is, um, well, Anna, Annandale is now one of my like top bucket, bucket list courses for sure. I mean, it looks sweet. Uh, it's got one of the coolest clubhouses I've ever seen too. But um, I think I, I think I got to go with like, uh, Hole three at Annandale. Um, of course, my scorecard just disappeared now, and I can't see it. But I already had it picked out. Do you have it pulled up? Sorry, I'm fumbling bag here. I will. I will. Uh, I'll. 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 I'll take over when I find it. But. Um, yep. Yeah, sorry. No, you're good. I my favorite hole we mentioned it hole 16 at Belvedere um yeah 
Tom Watson said that's one of his favorite par fours ever. It is one of the simplest looking golf holes. Not not simple in the sense of making it of easy, but just like it's just right in front of you. You gotta hit the shots. Yep. And I mean, like it's it's an easy tee shot, not demanding by any means, but you gotta be in the fairway there. If you're not in the right. fairway, you're you know on a side a extreme side hill lie on the left and the right. You're you might even be in trees on the right. I don't yep. even know why you're going over there, um, but the green is what really sets it apart. So there's all this fairway down the right side of the green. However, it's like 20 yards below the green. So if you yeah. and this green is a narrow, it is literally on the side of a hill, um, and you're looking it's at like it, an yeah, you know, like an elevated green on the side of a hill. Yeah, like it like the hill comes down, juts out for the green, and comes and keeps going down. Um, and so if I, we played it in a front pin and if it is a front pin, it is a tough pin. If you're on the, you're looking at left, you're on the side hill lie, looking at straight downhill. But surprisingly left is the spot to miss. And I don't, I still can't explain it. Like, I don't know why, but that's just the way to the way it is. It's, I mean, you're landing the greens 20 yards wide at the front, but your, your landing spot, to keep it on the green is like a five five yard circle around the pin, yep. um, with a wedge in your hand too. Like it's it's not a long haul at all, hole at all. It's probably only like what three sixty. Yeah, if um, that, I, I think you yeah. could take driver at it if it was if it, the conditions were in the right place. Like you could probably yeah. get close to it with the driver. But yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's. I mean, you I miss mean, it. You, know, you miss it five pace. You miss it. You know, if the pin's front and you miss it four paces to the right, five paces to the right, that ball is going to be 50 yards down the side slope. And then now you have a 50-yard pitch straight up the hill to a 20-pace long <laughs> green. If you miss it short, uh, it's coming back, back to your feet. feet. But then the, the other – the most interesting part is there's a little collection area. So huge slope, slope to your left. There's a jut out for the green, and then it, it just continues down the slope to, yeah. to the right of the green. And on the there's left a little the bit green, of a, in the yeah in the a little, little trench. Left, again, there's a little little trench a little bowl but now you have this chip shot which it's where balls usually go right like you're not like I'm not rolling down the hill I'm gonna miss it left it goes in this collection area and now you have like a three two foot two and a half foot three foot tall ridge to go over so you have to pitch something with some air but get it to stop so it doesn't roll down that hill and you have another 50 60 yard it's like the scariest chip shot. I've ever had. <laughs> I, if, you're I smart, if, if, if you're smart, you put it. Exactly. Yeah. If you're smart, you put it. Yeah. But and if you're if you're Evan Jenkins, you go right. You hit it. You hit it to like ten feet. It rolls all the way down the hill, and then you get a and you get somebody videoing you hitting it back down to your feet, and then over the green <laughs> into the trench yeah. <laughs> where you should have been. <laughs> I love it. No, that but hole. That hole is awesome. It's 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 such a great hole. Cause the, cause then there's like what, what, what even does it like, cause like you could lay up with an iron, which is probably what it requires an iron or a three wood or, you know, something less than driver. But then through the fairway left is a massive bunker. And like, I think the last thing you want to have is a spinny bunker shot that could land on the green and spin right the hell off. So it, it's like, you're, you have to, if you're going to lay it up, you have to put a, a lot of thought in your layup too. Um, it's not just like, Oh, I can just hit a four iron out here, but if, cause, cause that the bunkering is so good in that hole that, you gotta like 
pick your number, pick the pick your angle and stuff too. It, yeah, you're probably gonna awesome. be, you're, you know, if you're smart about it, you're gonna be in the fairway. It's not a hard fairway to hit by any strip, you know, any correct sense of the term. Um, but like you said, you 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 have to think about what number, what club, you know, what's the win. Like you got to think about what you want to have into that green so that you don't spin it too much or you, you don't spin it at all, or you know, you can hit the right club. So yep, it's it's just. It, it's just a true Willie Watson hole, you know. It, it it's not intim- It's none of his holes look intimidating at all, but they make you think more than any other course. Yeah. Yep. So sorry, so, I, I fumbled there for a second, but the hole that I was trying to point out was was hole number three. Um, apologies, but the reason I like this hole is because it's got a a uh, it's got a, like a manikiki style like a, an eighth hole at Manikiki style where everything is leaning to the left like this, but the hole bends the same direction. So you kind of are forced to hit a fade off the tee in order to hold the fairway. But in order to do that, the hole, you're taking it over trees, right? Or you're taking it over, in this case, the second hole at, at Annadale. So uh, the other thing is the green slopes that way too. And then they have a, he's got to build a hidden, one of these large bunkers, hidden bunker that kind of covers about 90% of the green. So it gives you, a little sliver of green that you have off on the left side. But in order to get there, you once again have to hit this huge cut into a very uncomfy kind of hole. Um, just a cool test of golf. I don't know. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I haven't that's played there yet. So maybe, yeah. Yeah. No, so no, maybe no, when no, I, I get there, I'll hate that hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully, I don't end up hating it, though, if I do play there. Um, it's pretty cool. But I'm obsessed with those bunkers, man. If you check out Anandale's. Did you see um, the bunker at a uh, uh, mini kata? On I, I don't know which hole it is. I, I just so. saw pictures, but behind the green is like uh, the what is what's the bunker at um at Pine Valley, uh the death or the acre like the the one that's like super long and just it's just bunker for it's like the devil's half acre or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like that, but just behind the green. Like it, it's really not at play at all. But it's just like this huge, massive bunker just behind behind the green. Are you it, talking it about hole in, two, Mac? It might be hole two. I don't. I really have no idea. I just saw pictures of it. Hole two is just surrounded by bunkers, pretty much. <clears throat> yeah. Although, you know, twelve has some pretty. Big bunkers. There's a lot of notable bunkers, actually. I'm like, oh no, you're talking about 13. Is that it? Whole it's 13. Massive. Yeah, this massive yeah. bunker. <laughs> it's, just, uh-huh. it's just a wasteland behind the green. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's what's so cool about his designs, though. It's like, I bet you any money that that was a spot that he couldn't grow grass. So he just was like, all right, we're gonna turn the entire backside of this bu- this green into, into a bunker, you know? Right. And then from from the fairway too, it kind of reminds me of like a Panavidra hole one or something, or like a. You know, it just drops off after the hole, which is kind of a just a crazy view when you're trying to hit an approach shot. I mean, yeah, those infinity <laughs> totally greens are. Me. Yeah, and that's what they're called, right? Where the you know the back of the hole just completely drops off. And it drops looks off. Like if you yeah. go long, you're dead. Yeah. yeah. Infinity greens. Because from the fairway, you get this. It looks like the hole's on top of a ridge. Like you don't know the length of it, right? You don't know if it's 15 yards long or if it's 20, right, or whatever. So from the fairway, you see this tiny little sliver and then a pin. <laughs> you got to hit it on top of that. And you have no idea the sense of scale or distance or anything. So it, it makes it tough. It really makes it tough. It's a cool yeah, cool shot. Those infinity greens are definitely a, 
a big statement of, of Lewis. So. Well, if we if we kind of leave everyone with with one thing, it's that we've gotten a small taste of Willie Watson, and we thought enough mm-hmm. of him to make a podcast episode about it. Uh, you get a chance to go play a Willie Watson course. Uh, you take that chance and you go play because uh, I got a whole bucket list full of <laughs> his like top yeah. 15, 15 tracks. So um, can't wait to get back out to one of these tracks and and uh, wow, yeah, just from playing what he what just playing the small sample size we've got, it's been nothing mm-hmm. but short of excellent. So can't wait to get back out. Yeah, and and I can't. To- to go back on our uh, our course rankings from our golf trip season, yep. There's a reason Belvedere was number one over many of the other courses, right? So, yeah, I can't wait to be playing one of these courses and be like, "Oh yeah, look, it's the Infinity Green," and then shank it like, you know, forty yeah. yards right. <laughs> like really Tiger Woods. Sorry, I just Tiger on I told you guys today, on the yeah, podcast. Yeah. I hated I hated these. So. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Well, yeah, Willie Watson. I'm a big, big Willie fan. Willie, Willie. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. Cheers. 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 Have a good episode. Go golf.